everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fast Crypto. I'm your host, John Dulai. Uh, sorry, it's been a few weeks since uh, our last episode, but I've been really busy. Uh, but now we're finally back uh, and excited to give you guys some crypto content and perspectives. Um, so on this episode, I am bringing on my fitness coach, Camilo Cerejo. Um, I've been working with him for over a year now. And, you know, I have to say that I'm probably in the best shape of my life. Um, I definitely recommend, um, you know, getting a coach uh, in areas of your life uh, that you feel is important to you. Uh, you know, for me, one of those areas was fitness. You know, I've, I've been struggling with it uh, for a while. I tried different things and I, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't making any progress. So um, I decided to make an investment and, you know, get, get a fitness coach. Uh, so, so with that, um, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Camilo to, uh, you know, get, give his intro and talk a little bit about like what he does. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Uh, thank you, John, for that introduction. Really appreciate it. And I am super excited to be here. And I'm honored that you uh, reached out to set up this um, little podcast and talk about crypto, which I'm very much a fan of, uh, especially recently. So yeah, guys, a little bit about myself. So um, I'm 28, live in Los Angeles. And yes, I am a fitness coach. I own an online fitness coaching company called uh, Peak Performance Academy. And we help clients basically around the world, especially people that are busy, that have a busy lifestyle and uh, a lot on their plate, um, build muscle, burn fat, create a lifestyle change and just um, go on the path to becoming their best self. So um, John and I have actually been working together for how long now? A few years? Two, three years? No, over a year, yeah. Over a year, over a year, but over a year. And uh, yeah, it's been really exciting. Uh, we actually met in person uh, about, uh, about a year ago um, when uh, the shutdown was happening with COVID. Oh yeah, we were going to this like kind of semi, uh, I don't want to say illegal gym, but like it was, it was the only thing that was open. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, funny. It was semi- it was semi-illegal because they got a, a notice on their door um, and they were supposed to get, I think, closed down, but they ended up not um, not closing down. But anyway, that that's a, a long story. But yeah, it, it's been great working with John. And um, when he reached out to want to just have a conversation and a fun podcast about crypto and, and also NFTs, I was like, oh, I'm in. Like, well, let's have some fun. It's going to be great. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, I want to, you know, kind of move this conversation over away from like muscle gains and talk about crypto gains. So oh, yeah, 100%. Can, you, <laughs> can you, can you tell us, you know, a little bit more about like, you know, like I'm always curious about this, like how did you like get in, start getting involved in crypto? Did you stumble upon it or did, was it like something that you, you know, how did you, how did you come across it? Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm not a hundred percent clear on how I stumbled upon crypto I remember back in like 2016, and this is when I had just graduated college. So I graduated college in 2015. And back then, um, the only main coin that existed for the most part was Bitcoin. That was the only thing people were really talking about. And I've always been into the personal development space. And when you're in the personal development space and you, you know, find a lot of people that are speakers that are authors and people that make YouTube videos about that kind of content, uh, investing in finance kinds of, kind of, you know, goes hand in hand with that. So somehow I found, I found out about crypto through being in that world. 
And because I'm just naturally like a curious person uh, and I'm, I'm very interested in investing. I always have been, even when I was, you know, graduating college and significantly in student debt and had basically no money to invest anyway, I was always in, interested in investing. So at that time in 2016, when I stumbled upon crypto, I, I think I downloaded Coinbase um, because that, I think that at that time, that was the only platform that you can actually uh buy and sell crypto. I think it was one of the original ones. Um, and I bought like 200 bucks worth of crypto. I, I bought $200 worth of Bitcoin and I kind of just watched it for a couple of days. And I, I ended up selling it like, uh, I think like two or three weeks later, um, when it went up, I, 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 my, my 200 bucks turned into like 300 and I was so stoked because that, that was a lot for me at that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, this is sweet. And then I just kind of sold it. And then I kind of never went back and never looked much deeper into crypto. And then what I did do was I monitored Bitcoin for a little while. And then I watched it go up to like 600 and then 700 and like a thousand. And I was like, wow, I really could have, uh, I really could have like, you know, made a killing here. I could have made a thousand dollars. Uh, and then that was the first time that I stumbled upon crypto. Um, and then I kind of like closed that chapter for about three, four years. And then about a year ago, a, a year from today or a year from about this month is when I really started doing crypto again. Uh, and now I, I definitely take it pretty seriously. So yeah, that's a little bit of backstory of how I, I started uh, getting into crypto and how I even find out, found out about coins and, and Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of have a similar story as well. Um, so, I mean, what do you what did you find um, kind of like interesting about like uh, crypto since you discovered it? What I found interesting about it, man, I, I think the thing that intrigued me the most was the fact that it was a form of currency that was digital. And I thought that was very very new. And because I was naturally just a person that was into investing and, you know, eventually looking to get into real estate and getting, getting, getting into stocks and building a stock portfolio and just doing those kinds of things. Uh, I didn't mind taking a little risk and getting into it. And I, I saw, you know, digital currency. I'm like, Oh, this is new. And, you know, I saw that the entire world was going digital in every single kind of way. So I figured that it'd be something that was going to be profitable. So that's kind of what, what inspired me and what interests me at that, at that point. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's very interesting. The, um, you know, the, we, we, the idea of like this digital money, you know, we have things like Venmo um, that you're, you're kind of using as digital currency. Um, but, you know, th this is kind of like, an actual like digital currency and not just like paying someone electronically, you know, with, with, with dollars. Right. Right. A hundred percent. And back at that time around 2016, I'm almost sure that's around when Vemo started becoming a thing. I remember in college, I was, you know, sending people money for Vemo for like alcohol and beer and like all these things. So that time because those things were circulating and those things were existing and everything was, was going digital and people were using all these platforms to buy and, and zell i think zell was also like an up like a very new thing at that time uh zell and Vemo, paypal has been around but all these new different 
avenues that were all digital on how you can buy, uh, you can sell and trade money and, and, you know, send people money digitally. And then crypto came along and it was Bitcoin. And it's like this new form of, of money, of coin, of, of currency that did not exist in the world. I was like, oh, this is interesting. So all those things together kind of made me think positively about it when, you know, today's day and age is still kind of, there's a negative umbrella over the crypto world still, I feel, and it's still very new for a lot of people. Um, and like, you know, any, 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 um, like the masses out there, you speak to a lot of people that kind of just, um, let's say work a nine to five, have nothing to do with crypto, have no idea where crypto is. You mentioned the word and people kind of like, oh, don't even, you know, don't even have a conversation about it. I, I want nothing to know. I want nothing to do with that, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the Venmo and the, and um and paypal those things that were going on back then yeah i mean like i I, there's like definitely like you know when you see something and you know that something is there but you're curious about it like you you just keep poking at it you know like before venmo like what were those what did we think of venmo um you know when it first came out right like it's I, i feel like that it has the natural progression uh of like you know moving like technology forward and I feel like the crypto and the digital currencies um, have been moving that forward. And even since, um, you know, the uh, all these all the crypto started coming out, like you can also see the the crypto being used in other spaces like gaming, um, and it's even kind of penetrated more uh, into finance beyond uh, digital currencies because now you can get like crypto loans. Uh, you can you can like um, stake your crypto to get yield, um, and, and it's become like this new form of like investment beyond just like a different currency. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely branching out into so many different things, right? You have a Visa that announced something about Ethereum, uh, them using Ethereum uh, as one of their resources uh, in their space, and then. You know, Facebook just became meta recently and, and talking about, you know, the the meta world, uh, all these things are happening with the core of all these things being crypto, right? Crypto is, is, um, is definitely blooming right now. And I would not be shocked if in the next five to 10 years, uh, crypto starts becoming the main form of currency around the world. And you know, actual dollar bills and, and fiat money starts to get transitioned out because the entire world is, is so digital right now, right? We have social media, we have every single person has a smartphone. People don't even have regular phones anymore. Everyone has a touchscreen, smart screen phone. Um, everything is digital right now. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if this currency ends up taking control over um, more of the space and, and more of just the entire world's economy in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. I mean, so that's actually a good segue, you know, over into like NFTs and what's going on in, with, with, with that space, you know, like, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like everything is becoming like represented somehow in like the digital space and NFTs, I think is like yes. uh, a progression of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love that you mentioned NFTs. I know we talked about that. And yeah, I love crypto. Crypto's great. But personally, right now for me, I'm even more passionate and excited about NFTs. Um, so NFTs are, 
even more new than crypto is right now. So you can, for those of you guys that are watching that are maybe, uh, or listening that are not so familiar with crypto, you can think about NFTs being what crypto was back in like 2015, 2016. So it's even more new. Uh, and NFTs are essentially non-fungible tokens. And, you know, everything uh, that you that I'm going to share with you guys is just, a, I'm just a regular guy learning about NFTs, right? I'm not a um, an NFT guru. I'm not um, someone that has um, been in the NFT space for over a year when it first started really blossoming. So NFTs are non-fungible tokens, which to make that something super simple, it's basically JPEGs. So it's digital pieces of art that you can buy and sell on an online market. Something similar to like eBay, right? eBay, you list things, people look at them, they can place a bid, they can buy it. Um, you can sell things yourself. You can list something that you want to sell and then um, and, and people buy it. Obviously with, with eBay though, for the most part, it's all digital, it's all physical products, right? You ship something out to somebody. However, in the NFT space, you're basically buying and trading and selling um, these digital pieces of art and there's no physical product, right? It's a JPEG, it's a picture. So it basically sits in, in what's called your wallet and then you, you collect all these and you can sell them and buy them. Um, and it's a very volatile space. It's even more volatile than crypto. So that means there's a lot of risk into it, but there's also a very high amount of reward at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, I, let's, let's talk about that, but dig, dig more into that, you know, these like JPEGs, right? So, I mean, like I, I hear, um, you know, people say all the time, like, oh, can I just take like a screenshot of this? And like, I didn't have to pay it, pay for it. So like what, like what makes it like um, kind of, you know, non-fungible or special to that, um, to that person that it's, they would pay so much for it. Yeah, absolutely. What you said is very true. Anybody can make an NFT. You can take a picture of your dog and it's a picture, right? It's a JPEG. So technically that right there can be an NFT. And then you can go on your, um, on the marketplace and in your account, you can list that picture of your dog and that can be an NFT right there. So the question is like, where do these things actually become valuable and what's the actual uh, what's called utility behind what these NFTs are, right? So why are some of these NFTs being sold for half a million dollars, a million dollars, sometimes even more? Well, it comes down to a couple of different kinds of things. It's who is the person creating and listing that NFT, right? Is it just somebody that's taking a picture of their dog in their apartment and just posting it up? Obviously, there's going to be no value to that at all. But if it's a very big artist, that is creating digital art and that person lists their, their art and their reputable known massive artists in the world, then the, you know, that's going to go, that's going to go crazy. That's going to go insane. And there's going to be a high market price for that piece of art that that person ends up listing. Right. So uh, NFTs, basically it, it depends on who's the person listing the NFT, who's the person, you know, um, creating that NFT. So another example of like, you know, Gary V has his own NFT collection. I'm sure a lot of you that are listening may know who Gary V is, right? The entrepreneur, the business owner, um, you know, the speaker. And he has a, an NFT called V Friends. And personally, I, I don't love the art behind this NFT, but it's a, a collection of NFTs that he's created. And because it is him creating this collection of NFTs, then there's a high market price for them 
because his name is behind them. He's the creator behind them. So there's different levels of what's called utility behind owning one of those NFTs. Uh, and, and that's also something very interesting to talk about when it comes to the NFT space is this word utility. So what is the value that you're going to be receiving? What is the benefit? What is the, um, the financial incentive to hold an NFT from somebody that had listed it? Well, that's called utility, right? So one form of utility is, for example, like I mentioned with Gary Vee, is if you own, if you own one of his NFTs, then you can get access to certain live events that he does in person and you can get to know his community. You can get to know his space. You might be able to like rub shoulders with him. So depending on what kind of access you can get in the real world by holding an NFT, that's one kind of form of utility. Uh, another form of utility by holding an NFT could be collaborations with other projects. So one project might say, hey, if you, if you own one of our NFTs, that will grant you access to early entry to a new upcoming project and you can get a free entry into that spot and into that project which what that means is you would get access to that nft in that other project that they're collaborating with for free by being an owner of that original project that you actually own in your wallet so it's a very interesting space it's it's honestly very fun and um Something to definitely note that is uh, important to keep in mind with the NFT space on like comparing it to crypto is that the NFT space is very community based. So the NFT space is all about interacting and being a part of a community for each individual project or collection that is actually coming out uh, compared to crypto, which is kind of like a solo game, right? For the most part, you're kind of on your own, right? You have your... Um, you know, wherever you trade your crypto, whether it's crypto.com or, you know, Coinbase or whatever you use, you know, you're on your own, you're watching the markets every day, you know, you're seeing the graphs and, you know, you're buying and, and selling coin. That's really it. You're kind of on your own. The NFT space is totally different with that. You're not on your own at all. It's all about collaboration. It's all about community. It's all about interacting. Um, you get to know the team behind the project. You get to know the members that are interested in being a part of the project. And because NFTs are JPEGs, right, they're digital pieces of art, then there's also a very big art component to the NFT space. So you have a lot of artists coming into this space, a lot of designers, a lot of software engineers that are creating all these contracts and interacting with the Ethereum blockchain. So there are so many different uh, people coming into this space, and it's very much so about community. So people coming together, people chatting with each other and um, getting to know the project, getting to know what's the utility behind this project, you know, what can we expect by being an investor into the project, by holding this NFT. And then you also have the aesthetic part of the, NST, of the NFT space, right? Which is the actual JPEG. I'm, I'm sure some of you guys that are listening have seen, um, for example, Jimmy Fallon, um, Snoop Dogg, uh, Steve Aoki, um, a couple of different big people, celebrities that are changing their profile pictures to an NFT that they recently just bought, which is, which is insane. The fact that this is happening so much in, 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 um, in present day media, that the space is becoming so big that now celebrities are starting to very much dive into the space and getting very excited about it too. And 
something interesting that I that I found very, very interesting when I first stumbled into the NFT space is this concept of a digital flex, right? So uh, in, in the real world, we have our, our real world flexes, which are like the car that you drive or, you know, what kind of house that you have that, that you, that, that people can vi- come to visit you at, or, um, you know, what brands are you wearing? You know, are you wearing Gucci? Are you wearing, yeah. right? People have their own, you know, do you have a Rolex, right? So there's a lot of um, exclusive physical flexes and brands. And now because we are so digital and we're very screen-like in today's day and age, now the NFT space is adopting this digital flex. So what is your digital flex, right? Um, for example, you guys might be familiar with Board Ape Yacht Club, right? The monkeys, if you guys are um, familiar with that project, it's one of the biggest out there. Jimmy Fallon bought one and he, he changed his, his Twitter uh, avatar and profile picture to his Board Ape and he left it there for a couple of weeks. And there's a a bunch of celebrities right now that if you go on Twitter, they have their NFT as their profile picture. So now it's like exclusivity in the digital sense, in the digital space and having your own digital flex, right? So what is the entry? What is the barrier to entry to be able to be part of this community, to be part of this project? For example, the one I just talked about, Board Ape Yacht Club, um, the current floor price on that is half, is I think uh, 100 ETH. So, you know, in terms of dollars, that's about like 300, almost $300,000. And that is just to get the bare minimum entry into this collection for you to be a holder, to be part of this project. Yeah. I think the, the minting, the minting price for a board API club uh, back, I think they, it was back in like February of last year, uh, but uh, almost a year ago uh, was like fractions of a, of um, Ethereum, so yeah. that's that's a, that's a huge gain if you were uh, one of the lucky ones who who heard about it, yeah. uh, you know, when it first came out. Uh, I mean, it was kind of one of those projects that, um, you know, like I, I I don't know if like the um, the creator was like uh, famous or anything like that. Um, so like I, I don't know like how they managed to get like such a big following. You know, like, do you, do you, do you, do you know, like, cause, cause you mentioned that, like, you know, like the importance of like the creator, um, but in this case, like they didn't really have, I don't know if they had like a, a big, like known, like well-known creator. So like, how do you think they got um, so big and so prominent? Yeah. I mean, it, it really became um, for a project to become that big, like, like I, I mentioned and touched upon, it's all about community. So the community is what creates what's called a blue chip. And a blue chip is a certain project that has basically tested, uh, that has um, been tested through time. So it's a state, like for example, in crypto, we have the term stable coin, right? A coin that is, you know, has tested the markets that has, you know, gone through a bear market and, and stabilized and, and, you know, done super, and super well and has been able to, to come out at the, on the other side. So just like we have stablecoin, we have what's called a blue chip. So how did Board Ape Yacht Club become a blue chip? Well, it has been around for a very long time. Um, there's so much utility behind being an owner of that. So recently, Board Ape Yacht Club did like their, their very first a big, big in-person live event where you were only given a ticket or access to it 
if you were a holder of one of them. And they like rented a yacht, like a massive yacht for, for all the people that were invited into it. They did like, they rented out like a nightclub. It was like thousands of people. They did just did this whole in-person event in New York for a couple of days. And it was, it was insane. Like if you were watching the, um, the, the Instagram stories, or if you were watching like the actual media that was being shared and posted while the event was going on, it looked really damn cool. It looked so exciting. And uh, keep in mind that the holders of one of these apes are holding a $300,000 picture in their wallet. So you get to meet a lot of amazing, amazing people. So the community aspect of NFT is so big because you're able to meet so many uh, very skilled people that have uh, you know a lot to offer. Um, you make great relationships, especially with big projects. You get to meet a lot of big thinkers in this space, uh, a lot of people that are doing very big things in their life. So it's just really an incredible opportunity, not only to be a holder of the actual value, like the financial value of the NFT, but the utility, right? The access that you get by being a holder of one of these big projects. And it's so funny that you mentioned that, yeah, when, when Board Ape Yacht Club first came out and it minted, which what minting is, is when the collection is first allowed to be picked up by anybody, um, it was like 0.1 ETH. So 0.1 Ethereum right now is like 200 bucks, maybe a little bit less than that. So imagine you were a person that decided to pick up five of them. Maybe you wanted five of them and you decided to invest a thousand dollars at that time, which was like eight months ago. I don't think, I don't even think it was that long. Yeah. So if, if you invested a thousand dollars for five bored apes, then right now you would be sitting on um, five times about $300,000, which is about one and a half million dollars from your thousand dollar investment, like eight months ago. Yeah. So that is absolutely insane. It is absolutely insane to think that, um, it's just the, the amount of return that you can get right now from this space, because it's so new. It, it's just, it's, it's so hard to really, it sounds too good to be true, right? I know a lot of people listening are like, wow, like if I just bought this, if I just clicked a few buttons and bought this thing for a thousand, you know, bought a picture of a monkey, then eight months later, I, I'm now sitting on, on one and a half million dollars and I'm able to go to New York to this live event and meet all these people. And yeah, the answer is yes. Um, it's such an amazing space, but obviously it's a very, um, it's a risky space as well. So you got to make sure that you're, you're making the best choices and doing the best kind of research that you can to make sure that you're making sound and solid decisions that don't have that much risk to them. Right. So, yeah. you know, for those people that are, if you want to get a board ape and you wanted to like eight months ago, that's not that much of a risk for, for, um, for, for people like a thousand dollars. Right. Um, it's a relatively lower entry point. And, you know, if you're okay with losing that, the risk is not that low. But the return that you can get from picking a very good project with a very good team with a very good what's called roadmap and roadmap is just basically what are the future projects and releases and collaborations and things that you can expect from the actual project once it releases. If you look at those things and, you know, um, and, and there's there's good um, discussion and talk about projects, then it, it's pretty safe and you're making some pretty safe investments, especially with the fact that this space is so new. So the amount of money, the amount of actual fiat that's circulating in the NFT space 
is like fractions of the, the total pool of money, uh, so to speak, that the entire world is working with. So this space is so new and, and just the upside is, is absolutely insane. So, um, you know, I, uh, I think anybody that is currently in the NFT space right now is going to make a killing um, if you do the right things. And it, it's an amazing space to be in right now, not only just with the amount of like the financial opportunity, but the actual community aspect and the people that you meet and the relationships that you make and the communities that you become a part of, right? Those relationships are the most, probably the most valuable things that you get from being in this space. So those are the things I, I, why I'm so passionate about this space and why it excites me so much is it's fun. It really is fun. Um, and there's, there's so much utility and there's so much value that you can get by being a part of this space right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. Uh, but where do you find, uh, where do you go to find uh, th these projects that, uh, you know, that you're, you're investing in? Like what, like what, what's a good strategy or, or where do you go for that? Yeah. So the two main platforms that you want to go onto when it comes to the NFT space are Twitter and Discord. So it's kind of funny because uh, before the NFT space, Discord, which is a, a basically an application that you download on either your phone or uh, on your computer, it's a um, it's like a uh, like a chat group essentially for different servers. So Discord before the NFT space was all of, all for gaming. So people would um, you know gaming communities would create a Discord for a certain game, and then they would have different channels that they would talk about the 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 actual game, right? So yeah. now Discord is the main platform that's used for projects for the NFT space, right? Because I mentioned it's about communities. So every project has their main Discord. And in that Discord is where all the members or people that are interested in the project come together. And there's different channels where you can talk about the project. Um, you know, there's a general chat where you can get to know people. There is fan art where you can post you know, fan art that you want to make that is uh, related to that project that you want to be a part of. There are voice chats where you can like actually voice chat, like through Zoom and stuff like that um, with, again, the community members of the project and also the team that's also in there as well in the Discord. So that's the first uh, place that you want to go is you want to have Discord so that you can get access to these communities and basically the project um, to keep it simple. And then you need Twitter because Twitter is like the media hub for the NFT space. So projects make their own, make their own Twitter page, and then they drop announcements. They drop um, like raffle opportunities to be able to win a spot into the project to be like one of the early adopters. Um, and they share like you know early releases of like what the art is going to look like for the project for the collection things like that. So those are the two main places that you need to go. Um, you need to have a Twitter, and you definitely need to have a Discord if you want to get into the space. Cool. So like what, what are, um, what are some projects that like you're, you're like interested in right now or, or that you're, you're looking at? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's honestly very tough because this space is moving so fast, which is something that if you do get into this space, you're going to learn very quickly. There's new projects being come that are coming out every single day. Um, and that's something to be very careful of because a lot of these projects rug. So that's a, a term that's called, uh, that's using the NFT space. So you think about like a rug being slipped up from under you. So, um, <laughs> yeah. basically projects release and then, um, 
their uh, people like FOMO into them. And um, basically there's no utility, there's no roadmap. And then people start dump, start dumping the project, which means people start listing it for super cheap. And then the project goes to z- basically goes to zero. So there's a lot of projects that are coming out pretty much every single day. And you got to be careful of those. So you obviously want to be selective about the kind of projects that you want to work for, that you want to look into. So a couple of projects that I'm currently looking into are uh, Hape Beast. So H-A-P-E Beast. Um, I actually got into that project and um, it, it's, you know, it's very exciting because uh, the mint price for that was 0.2 Ethereum. And the, cl- the current floor price for it right now is nine Ethereum. Nice. So I got one of those for 0.2 Ethereum. And I can, if I wanted to sell it right now, it would be nine Ethereum. So if you pick the right kind of projects, the amount of return that you can get by, you know, selecting those good projects is, is insane right now. Like there's so much opportunity in this space. So hate beast is one of them. Uh, another one is called Clementine's nightmare. So Clementine's nightmare. Um, a third one is uh, Pixelmon. So uh, Pixelmon. So Pixel and then M-O-N at the end. Got it. Which is Pokemon inspired. So it's a Pokemon inspired uh, project where they're actually creating a game that you can play that's um, in the metaverse that's similar to the, the roots of what Pokemon was all about, which is so interesting because, you know, we all have that childhood memory uh, of, of playing that game. Uh, that's another one that I'm looking into. Um, and uh, there's also a few like anime NFTs that I'm very interested in because I, I'm a very big anime fan. Uh, and a couple of those are called uh, Divine Anarchy. And uh, Tazuki is the other one that I'm looking into. So there's just a couple that are on my radar right now that I'm, I'm actually looking into. So are, are these like, um, are these um, NFTs like sold out already or have they been minted or are they like? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a very great question to bring up. So all these projects are projects that are up and coming projects, except for the uh, exception of Hapey. So Hapey's already minted out. So these other projects have not hit the public market yet. And that's something that you want to keep in mind is you want to look for projects that have not been released yet but to have a very big upside and very good potential for the future, a very good roadmap on the things that they're coming out with, the kinds of collaborations that they're having. So who are they working with? Are they collaborating with very um, awesome, big known projects that are already doing well, which are called blue chips, right? So if a new project is coming close to their mint date, it hasn't been released yet. And then that project announces that they are collaborating with um, you know, let's say Bordic Biot Club, right? That's big news. So you can guarantee that that new project that has not been released yet is going to do insanely well because they're collaborating with a project that is a blue chip, right? Yeah. So um, you got to look out for those kinds of things. Um, so yeah, those are the current projects that I'm, I'm, I have my, uh, my eyes on right now. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's very good. Um, those are some good alphas there to to uh to look out for. Um, so I'm I'm also curious, um, you know, like what, uh, where do you think that the NFT space is going? Um, you know, like I I know like it's it's going into like uh digital goods and, and gaming, but like what's what do you think is next? Like what what's your prediction on um 
on where, where NFTs go. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about like real estate and game and gaming. So essentially, um, the metaverse, right? You everyone knows that Facebook is is has now been you know changed into Meta. So what is the metaverse? The metaverse is a a digital world where you can come um, and that you know, for example, artists can come in and you know it, it's kind of like a game that you're online and you're like in a world. If you think about like Sims, right? Sims, um, you ha- you you know you built your own house and you have things like that. So people are buying land like digital land, which is called uh, in the in the metaverse in, in the digital space. And there's going to be value to holding a piece of land in the digital world, just like there is value for holding physical land in the physical world where you can build a house, right? So it's just so interesting on, you know, where things are going. But uh, those are the two areas that I see the NFT space definitely heading towards is gaming and... um, uh, man, I just lost the other one that we just mentioned. Real estate. <laughs> real estate. Real estate. Yes. Yes. Real estate and gaming for sure. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think um, that those are exciting um, areas that uh, NFTs will, will, will eventually get into. I mean, it's, it's already happening for the gaming side, um, but I think real estate is one of those um, spaces that um, has a lot of use for, um, for NFTs. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, so this is this this has been a, a great discussion, Camillo. Uh, I, I really love like your insight that you that you're giving on um, NFTs. There's definitely some some good tips there and uh, things to uh, to look out for if you're going to be venturing into the NFT space. Um, so so thanks for that. Um, so before before we go, like I I always ask um, you know people that I bring on like what. Uh, like what um, cryptocurrencies or project cryptocurrency projects are you are you bullish on um, that you think is gonna uh, is, is gonna boom in in the next uh, month? In the next not financial month. advice, everybody. Yeah, not, yeah, in this space, you always have to say not financial advice. Um, I, I honestly, since I be since I went into the NS, NFT space. Uh, a majority of my portfolio has shifted towards Ethereum. So um, the entire NFT space right now is kind of uh, uh, leaned on Ethereum because everything is being bought and sold with Ethereum, right? So the fact that it, it is heavily reliant on Ethereum makes me very bullish on Ethereum as a whole because, you know, NFTs are not going anywhere. And what that means in my eyes is that Ethereum is not going anywhere, but up because of that, right? The metaverse is growing, digital land, gaming, all these things are happening in the NFT space, which requires Ethereum, right? It's all based off the Ethereum blockchain and and using that cryptocurrency to buy and trade and sell NFTs. So that only gives me um, very bullish, uh, a very bullish mindset on uh, Ethereum. That's a I'm very bullish on Ethereum. It actually dipped down recently in the past uh, couple of weeks. It yeah. crashed all the way to, it crashed all the way to like 2,200, I think even 2,100 um, from its high at like 4,800. And people were like, are like, oh no, is it going to zero? And I was like, I'm buying more. <laughs> I'm buying more. I'm like, this is on sale. And I just bought, I just bought so much of it. Uh, 
so I'm just extremely bullish on Ethereum. That's uh that's the coin that I'm you know heavily investing into right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely at a good price right now. Um, like I I would have to actually second that uh, because not just because of like the NFT space. So, but but also because of like what's happening to uh, the the uh, Ethereum and how it's being managed. Um, so basically, they they released um, like this update to it like a couple months ago. Um, where uh, it, they're basically trying to make it a, a deflationary coin, uh, so that that means that um, the 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 price is actually uh, becomes deflationary based on the gas that's being burned. So with all of the minting of the NFTs, um, all the all the gas that is, that is being used, um, it's that Ethereum is actually being burned. So there's actually less supply, um, which will eventually drive up the price. Um, oh wow! Yeah. yeah so See, so I... it's, it's a combination of like, um, I mean, there's, I mean, the reason why it's going down right now is because people are selling it off. Mm-hmm. Um, they're scared. But, right. But the, the actual supply is actually um, decreasing uh, because of there's so much minting. Um, <laughs> NFTs and you know, as you yeah. know, gas, gas is pretty expensive if there's like a um, a popular like project that's minting. Um, right. Sometimes you pay a gas price up to like two hundred dollars, so worth of Ethereum. So um, that that's that's also why I I'm I'm I think Ethereum is a buy right now um, because of that. And there's kind of like it's like a perfect storm of like um, the price going down, but also knowing that um, it's it's becoming deflationary uh, with, yeah. with of the the gas cost. Yeah, absolutely. That that just makes me so so much even more bullish on it. Um, the fact that there is a you know deflationary uh, metrics going on with that, and the fact that yeah, when you buy and sell NFTs, you burn a ton of gas. So all that Ethereum is being burnt, and the total supply of Ethereum is you know progressively going to go down. And the more that the NFT space grows, the more that people you know it goes into the world of the masses. The more people that create wallets and start buying and trading NFTs, the more gas that's going to be spent, the more deflationary uh, Ethereum is going to become. And that's only going to, it's going to be even more valuable for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited that you have, you have all those holdings and, you know, like I'm, I'm also buying it up. So um, hopefully uh, that, that'll, that'll turn out well for both of us. (laughs) Absolutely. We can talk about it in a year when Ethereum is like, cool all right well thank you so much Cabillo um, for for coming on uh, this has been a, a great talk um, I, I really enjoyed um, all of your insight uh, especially in the nft space um, so thanks everybody uh, we'll see you again uh, next week for the next episode of fast crypto sounds good see you guys thank you John you